Praise God. Hallelujah. What a wonderful time of worship this morning. Uh, I was just so blessed and uh, just uh, really flowed with uh, the musicians as they worship. God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you. Wow. And be gracious to you. And I believe that that's a prophetic word to us this morning. That the one who is able to bless is here amongst us. And he will bless you. And he will keep you. And he will cause his face to shine upon you. You are not on this platform by accident. You didn't just join because you wanted to. God brought you so that you can have a fresh encounter with him. Now, this morning, I'm just so full of thanksgiving to God for how he has kept us from the beginning of the year. I want to thank God that in the midst of all the challenges that the year brought, of course, the popular one, the coronavirus pandemic, it started as a, an epidemic, and then it became a pandemic, and then uh, it, it went all over the whole place, that in spite of it all, God has brought us through. I stand here with gratitude that not once, I repeat, not once did we have to be running up and down, helter and skelter, that somebody is being on admission, that somebody is on, on ventilation, that we need to pray. God kept his word to his people. We want to thank God for his faithfulness. We want to thank God that God indeed has been so faithful to us. And in the midst of it all, we want to thank God specifically. God announced to us in the month of November that November will be our month of the turnaround and divine surprises. And to God be the glory, I repeat, to God be the glory that that month, the entire state not just the city of refuge, Melbourne, but the entire state of Victoria experienced a turnaround. The pandemic, God put a total stop to COVID-19 infection in our state, in the same state that was declared state of emergency and state of disaster. And I'm sure that the Premier himself is dumbfounded at how rapid the turnaround took place. But we give glory to God. We thank God for what God has done for us. In the midst of it all, I want to recall and, uh, and let us know this, that today we represent, uh, you know, the 36th day where there's been no infection and, no, and, 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 no, and we have not experienced uh, death. So we thank God for that. In the midst of it all, some of us bought new houses. In the midst of it all, Many prospered. In the midst of it all, new baby was added to us. In the midst of it all, healings and turnaround took place. Amen. Praise God. Indeed, I can say that the pandemic or the lockdown or the stay at home indeed achieved something. Because we have new baby coming out of it. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. The Lord is good. And all the time... The Lord is good. Amen. And I want to especially thank those of us who have been joining from diaspora, uh, from North America, from Africa, 
and many, especially from Africa, have had to you know, wake up at about 3 a.m., 2 a.m. to be part of this service. Thank you uh, for joining. We do appreciate what you're putting in. And I want to just encourage you that God will not forget your labor of love, the sacrifices you are making. And those who have been joining from all over the, the place, outside the state of Victoria, from New South Wales, I know some of us have been joining from there, and also from North America, and also from Africa. God bless you. God keep you, and he will cause his face to shine upon you. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. And also to thank every one of us. Where will we start? Where will we start? You know, the efforts that many of us have been putting in to ensure that in spite of the challenges that the year, in, that the year you know, brought to us, which were completely unexpected, here we are going from strength to strength, going from glory to glory, having opportunity to continue to thank God. I just cannot continue to thank God on your behalf. The Lord himself will continue to reward you for your labor of love. While I was meditating and just thinking over some of these things, it struck me that there were Christians who died as a result of this coronavirus pandemic. There were even pastors who lost their lives as a result of this COVID-19 pandemic. But here we are. God has kept every one of us. Is it because we are actually far better than those who didn't make it? No. But God indeed had mercy upon us. That is why we must never, must never fail to thank him to give him praise, to give him glory for having mercy on us, for spearing us, for ensuring that we are now at the other end of it. Being able to stand and thank God for everything that God has done. And that's why this morning I'll be sharing with us and taking us through scriptures and looking at the different dimensions of thanksgiving, giving glory to God. Different dimensions of thanksgiving, giving glory to God. This is our season of thanksgiving. It's a time that we are returning to give God thanks, to give God praise, to give God honor, to give him adoration. So it's a time that we, are, we must never, never be ungrateful. Ungrateful people will never be great. If you refuse to show gratitude, you are likely going to incur the wrath of God. And I will show you in scriptures, because these are there in black and white. That is why we must always be thankful people. We must be grateful. We must be, we must be showing our gratitude to the one who kept us, who provided for us, who saw us through. Let's open our Bible to the book of Exodus chapter number 15 from verse number 1. But before then, let us pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this time. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. The joy of the Lord has become my strength. This is the day that the Lord, the Lord has made. Lord, we are not, we are not ungrateful ingrates. But Lord, we have returned this morning first and foremost to thank you. 
to acknowledge what you've done for us and to be full of gratitude in our heart for your faithfulness, for how you kept us, how you provided for us, and many, many testimonies of the things that you have done. Lord, I want to say thank you. If you have a million things, they are not enough to thank you with. Our Father, therefore, we're just saying, Lord, take our praises, take our adoration, take and receive our thanksgiving. And Lord, as we go into your world this morning, open eyes to see, open ears to hear, open hearts to know what the Spirit of God is saying. Lord, help your people to hear the voice within the voice so that they can connect with your heart and be able to download everything that you have for them. Father, we give you praise. We worship and we adore you. Let the entrance of your word bring light and understanding to the simple. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen. Exodus chapter number 15 from verse number 1. It reads on I quote, Amen. The, the last song that the worship team took just before I took over, they were talking, they, they, they were singing the song, Behold the Lord. And they were talking about the song of Moses and the song of the Lamb. Now I'm taking you to where that place appeared in the Bible, in scriptures. The song of Moses. Exodus 15, verse number one. Then Moses and the children of Israel sang this song to the Lord and spoke, saying, I will sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously, the horse and its rider he has thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength and song. Hallelujah. You know, the Lord can be your strength and thereby his song will come out of your mouth. And let me say this, you know, it's not all songs that actually is from the presence of the Lord. Hallelujah. But when the Lord himself is your strength and you are connected to his heart, then he will give you a song that will become an expression of your thanksgiving and your praise to him. Here, here, look at what is happening to the children of Israel. The Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my father's God, and I will exalt him. The God of your father must become your own God. It's not enough to say, oh Lord, oh, you are the God of my father. The Bible says the God of Abraham and the God of Isaac and the God of Jacob. Not just the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, but the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. Meaning the God of Abraham became the God of Isaac and the God of Isaac became the God of Jacob. No matter how tall your father is, you must grow your own height. Amen. You must get to know this God the way your fathers have come to know them. You must, get, you must experience him in the same way. Amen. Praise God. You must carry the same command in the spirit. That is why it's important that fathers who hand over baton to children. God is a transgenerational God. But that cannot happen when hearts are not connected. Hello. <laughs> God is a God of the heart. The heart of the matter is a matter of the heart. God walks through the heart. And that is why you can't just say, I'll go there. You know, I'll just let, I just need his prayers. I don't need anything. Let him just be praying for me. If our hearts are not collected, whatever grace is upon my life will not work in your life. 
So the Lord is my strength and song, and he has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him, my Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a man of word. <laughs> is a man of war. We don't like to hear this part. It's good. We talk about God being, oh, yeah, God is love. Yes, God is love. There's no doubt about it. The nature of God is love. But Jehovah is also a man of war. <laughs> I say Jehovah is also a man of war. And the Lord is his name. Amen. Verse number four. Pharaoh's chariots and his army has cast into the sea. His chosen captains also are drowned in the sea, in the Red Sea. The death have covered them. They sank to the bottom like a stone. The, your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. You know, at this time, the armies of the Egyptians, the army of Pharaoh, they were actually the best fighting force known on the face of the earth. Sometimes I hear about the American army, and they will describe them as this is the best fighting force, the most effective, the most efficient, the most powerful fighting force. At this time, Pharaoh's army was the most powerful fighting force on the face of the earth. But listen to the song of Moses. Listen to the song of the children of Israel. He said, your right hand, O Lord, has become glorious in power. Your right hand, O Lord, has dashed the enemy in pieces. Look, verse 7. And in the greatness of your excellence, you have overthrown those who rose against you. You sent forth your wrath. It consumed them like stubble. And with the blast of your nostrils, not with atomic weapons, not with atomic bomb, not with F-14 cell bombers, not with the latest technology. It just blew on you. Mm. And then what happens? The waters gathered together and the floor stood upright like a heap, separated its own people from the from the armies of the Egyptians, the God we still serving is a God that is still alive. I say he's alive today. His breath can still blow the enemy away. I say his breath can still blow the enemy away. What are you facing this morning? Allow the breath of God to blow the enemies away. The enemies of sickness, the enemies of disease, the enemies of lack or want or whatever it is. With the blast of your nostrils, the waters were gathered together. The floor stood upright like a heap. The death congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. The enemy said, what? I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire shall be satisfied on them. I will draw my sword. My hand shall destroy them. But you blew them away with your wind. <laughs> the sea covered them. And they sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who is like you, O God, among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, fearful in praises, doing wonders? Do you remember that song? Who is like unto you, O Lord? Who is like unto thee, O Lord? Among the gods, who is like thee? Glorious in holiness and fearful in praises, always do. Always do in wonders. Hallelujah. Who is like you, O God? Because the stool before them was the Red Sea. Behind them were the advancing army of the Egyptians. 
There was no way to go. There was no place to go to. The situation looked impossible. They needed a miracle. But by needing a miracle, they entered into the top of God. Because it's the God of miracles. God of miracles. <laughs> oh my God. And he told Moses, he said, there's something in your hand. Do you know that miracles always begin with what is in your hand? Say there's something in your hand. There's a rod in your hand. Stretch for the hand. And he stretched for the rod. And the steel divided into two. And the children of Israel passed. But the armies of the Egyptians perished in the sea. So you stretch out your right hand. And the earth swallowed them. Verse number 13. You in your mercy have led forth the people whom you have redeemed. You have guided them in your strength to your holy habitation. The people we hear and not be afraid. Sorrow will take hold of the inhabitants of Philistia. Verse number 15. Then the chiefs of Edom will be dismayed. The mighty men of Moab trembling will take hold of them. All the inhabitants of Canaan will melt away. Verse number 16. Fear and dread will fall on them. By the greatness of your arm, they will be as still as a stone till your people pass over. O Lord, till the people pass over whom you have purchased. You will bring them in and plant them in the mountain of your inheritance. That is why God's plan is never to bring you in and then leave you out. <laughs> I said, his plan is always what? to bring you all out and establish you in. Plant them in the mountain of your inheritance, in the place, O Lord, which you have made for your own dwelling, the sanctuary, O Lord, which your hands have established. Verse 18, the Lord shall reign forever and ever. Do you know that nobody can vote him out? He does not need to contest election after every four, four years or three, three years. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. Nobody can vote him out. Hello? I say hello. That is why you never hear complaints about vote rigging. When it comes to heaven. Amen. Nobody can vote God out. He remains God forever. If there will be any vote at all, it will be 100% for him. And zero, and zero against him. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I said praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Because those who vote against him cannot even be there with him. Because in heaven is complete unity. Everybody is in unison. There's total agreement. Amen. The one causing disagreement is not there. His name is called Satan. Amen. The Lord shall reign forever and ever. Verse number 719. For the horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots and his horsemen into the sea. Where did they go to? And the Lord brought back the waters of the sea upon them. But the children of Israel without horses, without chariots, without F-16 bombers, without war, without the atomic bomb, without the nuclear bomb, without nuclear bomb. Somebody say you need nuclear plant to defend your nation. You don't need nuclear plant. You need the God of heaven to be on your side. That is why the nations of the world are running helter skelter looking for F-16 bombers. Because they've abandoned the God of heaven. The horses of Pharaoh went with his chariots, and his horse went to the sea. And the Lord brought back the waters of Sephoth, but the children of Israel went on dry land in the midst of the sea. Verse number 20, then Miriam. Everybody say Miriam. Miriam. 
thank God for women. Hallelujah. Oh, they were worshiping and I looked at the stage. I saw they were just <laughs> women. Thank God for women. Then Mary and the prophetess, the sister of Aaron and Moses took the timber. Oh, started leading the children of Israel. I wish I could hold one in my hand now. They started leading and all the women went out, went out after her with timbers and with dances. Why do women? Sometimes I found out that they have better voices than men. Well, that's debatable, you know, but <laughs> definitely the women gathered and then they were singing. What were they singing? And they were also dancing, you know, they were dancing unto the Lord. What were they? What they were, and Miriam answered. What did she say? Verse 21. It says, I will sing unto the Lord, for he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and the riders has been thrown into the sea. I will sing unto the Lord. May no circumstance take away your song. In the name of Jesus Christ. I know there are times that you may feel a little bit down. But when those moments are coming, may you find strength from nowhere to start to sing unto the Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. He said, I will sing to the Lord. For he has triumphed gloriously. The horse and its rider has been what? Thrown into the sea. The above passage I just read to you. Is the first demonstration in the entire scriptures. Of a people. A group of people coming together. To give thanks to God. The very first one. That an entire nation, a group of people, we gather together to give God thanks. That is why in the city of refuge, at least once a year, we gather together to give God thanks, to appreciate him for the things that he has done for us. And I'll tell you the reason why we do that. Gathering one day or gathering in a particular month it's not just that we have made that time or made Thanksgiving just something that we just carry out occasionally. But it's a time that we set aside as a church that everybody must gather. If God has done something for you, if God has done something to you, if God has been good in your life, and I want to say this, put up your hands if God has not done something for you. Why? Because we've made thanksgiving not just an event, but we're emphasizing the fact that our thanksgiving must be part of our lifestyle, must be part of our attitude, that we do it all the time. But in a particular moment, we gather to say, thank you, Lord. And what were they doing here at this time? Three major things. Number one, which thanksgiving must consist of. Number one, acknowledging what God has done. You must always learn to acknowledge that this is what God has done for you. This is what God has done for us. That is what testimony is all about. You acknowledge it. Somebody say, if I say it now, I don't know whether the enemies, are, uh, they, they will be hearing And we don't want them to hear. You know, the Bible says, when the man's way pleases the Lord, he will cause even his enemies to be at peace with him. The Bible says he has made her hair like a rock. 
I know there's a time that you share the testimony, but you must never, you must share the testimony. You must testify to the goodness of the Lord. So number one, why were they? Well, you know, look at what they, look at all what the scriptures. They were acknowledging what God did for them. You must acknowledge what God has done for you. You must acknowledge it. You must not keep quiet. Number two, you must be full of gratitude in your heart for what God has done. Number one, acknowledgement. Number two, gratitude. You must acknowledge it. You must testify of it. But don't testify of it just because you want to show off. And say, by the time they know that God, what God has done for me, everybody will respect me in this place. You don't need all of that. You, you, just, you have just come to express your appreciation because of your gratitude, the gratitude in your heart towards him. Finally, what the, 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 uh, by acknowledging it and then being full of gratitude, it is not enough until you express it. So there must be an expression of your word, your thanksgiving, expression of your appreciation. That's the reason for their dancing, the reason for their songs, the reason for proclaiming. Look at what you did. The armies of Pharaoh were pursuing us. Look at how you divided this. What were they doing? They were expressing it. And not only that, I want to dare say this. You must express it with, with what? Singing, sh shouting, being full of, of that appreciation in your heart to God. That come and see what the Lord has done. It's called come and see what the Lord has done. He has destroyed the works of Satan. He has given us victory. That's why we sing. Oh say yeah. Oh say yeah. Oh say yeah. You don't win no. Oh say yeah. Pata pata oh. Oh say yeah. You don't win no. Oh say yeah. Hey. Come and see what the Lord has done. He has destroyed the works of Satan. He has given us victory. That's why we sing. Oh, say yeah. Oh, say yeah. Oh, say yeah. You don't win. Oh, say yeah. Pata pata. Oh, say yeah. You don't win. Oh, say yeah. Oh, oh say yeah. Eh, eh. Oh, say yeah, you don't win. Oh, say yeah, amen. Praise God, hallelujah. This one might not qualify to be part of the worship team, but I can tell you, I can sing it and I can dance to it. It's called what acknowledging what God has done, it's called what being full of gratitude in my heart, it's called what expressing my appreciation and thanksgiving to God who has done all of that. And what will happen after you just follow me in this world, in this journey? journey in this message in this discourse 10 biblical definitions of thanksgiving 10 biblical definitions of thanksgiving what are those 10 mention this in our prayer time when number of us were not there get your pen and your paper and write this down it must be part of your life it must be part of your attitude. It must be something that you carry with you all the time. Ten biblical definitions of thanksgiving. One, the first definition is, is this. To express adoration to God for what God has done for you. 
The first one is adoration. To express adoration to God. Now you are thanking him because you are expressing your adoration to God. You are not taking what he has done for you lightly. You are not taking it for granted. You are expressing your adoration to God for what God has done for you. Number two, applaud. One, adoration. Two, applaud. It means to applaud him. To applaud him. You can't applaud someone in your heart. To applaud means to express. You express that joy. You express that thankfulness. You express, you, you know, you applaud. To applaud him. Number three, to speak highly of. Do you speak highly of your God? After God has done something for you, and when people ask you, how did you do it? Do you say, oh, it is God? Or do you look at people's faces and say, oh, I don't know what they will say. I don't know what they will do. You must be able to speak highly of your God, no matter where you are. If you went to him in the corner of your room, and he, he blessed you in the openness of your, in, in, in that open area, you must be able to stand in that open space and say, God did this for me. Those who are interested will come and say, how did you do it? Others will just say, okay, well, but you must acknowledge, you must speak out, speak it out. Sometimes, God will do something for us, but we are not able to, because we look at the people there. Maybe we don't want to say anything. Then you keep it to yourself. That is not showing appreciation. That is not acknowledging what he has done. I'm not saying go there and be preaching to them. But let people know that we thank God for this. I've watched even athletes who have won major competition where the entire camera was, was, was focused on them. And they facing the camera. They say, first of all, I want to thank God for this. They didn't allow the camera to overwhelm them. They didn't allow the watching world to, 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 to cause them to start to shiver. If I remember quite rightly, the, la the last Olympics, the nation that won the rugby, it was totally unexpected. They were not expecting Fiji to win. But at the end of it, when they won, when after the last match, they won, they were victorious. The entire team held hands and knelt down before world camera to acknowledge the God of heaven who has done this for them. Why is this important? You just wait and see. Somebody say, I don't want to be embarrassed. You don't want to be embarrassed? It's better for you to be embarrassed by his blessings. Amen. I want to be embarrassed by his blessings. He said, I don't want to be No, 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 no. It must come to a time that you must what? Speak highly of him. Don't say, how, how, is, uh, how did you get that? <laughs> Let's forget about that one. Eh? Let's forget about that one. When you went to him, you pray. When you call upon him and he answered you, you can't say, let's forget about that one. You must acknowledge it. Number four, to praise him. To praise him. Praise. Thanksgiving and praise are two sides of the same coin. To praise him. Number four, to compliment him. Number five, to compliment him. 
Number six, to honor him. You don't know that when you're praising him, when you're acknowledging it, when you're talking about it, you're actually honoring him. Oh, you're honoring him. And, and I can just feel here, and I believe this is just coming so strongly to me. I, I just felt the Holy Spirit saying to me now that when my people praise him, the coast of heaven will work. They recognize it. They, there's a response in heaven whereby the, 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 the coast of heaven will stand up, start to acknowledge and recognize where their praises come. That is why when our praises go, our presence comes down. It's not just, no, it's because the coast of heaven will recognize it and there will be what there will be a dispatch from heaven to acknowledge those who have been praising. Number seven to pay tribute to, to pay tribute to. Thanksgiving is paying tribute to God for what God has done. Number eight to magnify, you magnify Him, amen. You magnify Him. You magnify him. You are magnifying him before men. You are magnifying him in your heart. I'm telling you, the more you magnify him, the bigger your goal will become to you. Because your investment will determine your experience. One of my daughters shared that during the Bible story. He said, your investment will determine your experience. Oh, when you invest in magnify him, you will become what? Bigger and bigger. More, more, more unmagnified in your situation, in your circumstances. Suddenly you realize that the mountains are not as big as you've been thinking. That this God is bigger than any mountain. Do you know that? Number nine, to reverence him. Number ten, to give glory to God. To give glory to God is to what express your thanksgiving to him. We must be people who have made this our lifestyle. You don't have to wait until when they come to church and say, let us thank God. The moment God has done something for you, your first response should be what? Lord, thank you. Because it's become part of you and it's not just a polite response. Because in the world, you know, you are expected to just give that polite response because of what somebody has done. What's the difference between polite response and true thanksgiving to God? The heart. Because you can say thank you, and not really what? Minute. It's not coming from your heart. Just say thank you, so that a person can go on his way. Say thank you. But do you truly mean it? This is you truly meaning Truly what? You're truly what? You're expressing it. What happens when we refuse to what? Give thanks to God. What happens? I'll show you that. And then I'll show you what happens when we learn to give him thanks. What happens when we don't give thanks to God? And I'll take you to the story of Ezekiah. Ezekiah, one of the prominent kings of Judah. What happens when we don't thank God? What happens when we refuse to give him thanks? What happens when we neglect to give him thanks? What happens when we conveniently forget to give him thanks? As Second Chronicles chapter number 32. Second Chronicles chapter number 32 from verse number 1. After these deeds of faithfulness, Sennacherib, king of Assyria, came and entered Judah, and he encamped against the fortified city, thinking to win them over to himself. And when Ezekiel saw that Sennacherib had come, 
and that his purpose was to make war against Jerusalem, he consulted with his leaders and commanders to stop the water from the springs which were outside the city. And they helped him. Thus many people gathered together who stopped all the springs and the brook that ran through the land, saying, why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Thank God for Ezekiah. And thank God for the people, because he spoke to them and they all gathered. They helped him to accomplish the purpose. That is why no leader can do the thing alone. Hello? We all need to work together. We all need to be on the same page. Our heart needs to be in agreement. Can I say this to you? There's nothing impossible for those whose hearts are in agreement. The challenge is when hearts are not connected. Because sometimes people say things they don't mean. They say it so that the leader can be happy, but it's not really coming from their hearts. And how do you know actions don't follow? Thus many people gather together who stop all the springs and the brook. They ran through the land saying, why should the kings of Assyria come and find much water? Verse number five. And he strengthened himself, built up all the wall that was broken, rested up to the towers and built another wall outside. He also replaced the Milo in the city of David and made weapons and shields in abundance. I want us to go to verse number, let's go to verse number 20. Verse number 20, 2 Chronicles 32. Now, because of this, King Ezekiel and the prophet Isaiah, because of the invasion of the Assyrians, at this time, the Assyrians was the most powerful fighting force on the face of the earth. You know, I just mentioned that during the time of Moses, the Egyptians were. But by this time, the Egyptian kingdom had completely had been dissipated. The Assyrians were so powerful. And if they will invade your territory, you just need to be shaking. Because who will be able to stand against them? But here they are. Now because of this king Ezekiah and the prophet Isaiah, the son of Amos, prayed and cried out to where? Cried out to where? I said cried out to where? <laughs> to heaven. Oh, somebody said, and I love it. He said, fear will always look down. He said, fear will always what? Look down. He said, doubt will always be looking around. He said, but faith will always look up. Always look up. What did they do? They cried out to God in heaven. They looked up. Then verse number 21. Then the Lord. Can I hear some? Then what? The Lord. Then what? The Lord. Then what? The Lord. the Lord sent an angel who cut down every mighty man of valor, leader and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned shamefaced to his own land. You know, he had come boasting. I don't have time to go through, read the entire chapter. Because he came, he was boasting. Who are you, Ezekiah? Who do you think would deliver you from my hand? Don't you know what I've done to other nations? Those who, who have probably bigger gods than you. You know, as far as they are concerned, the more the gods you have, the more powerful you are. You don't need many gods to be You only need the only God, the God of heaven. He said, look at what has happened to all these nations. But the God of heaven showed up. And he sent an angel who cut down every mighty man of valor, leader and captain in the camp of the king of Assyria. So he returned shamefaced to his own land. And when he had gone to the temple of his what? Small God. Ezekiel cried out to the God of capital G. Some of his own offspring struck him down with his sword there. And then what happened? Thus the Lord saved Ezekiah 
and the inhabitants of Jerusalem, from the hand of Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, from the hand of all the others, and guided them on every side. I mean, look, look at what God does. Look at what look at the experience. Look at what God has done for them. Look at what God did in their lives and to that nation. Now, verse 24. Let's go to 24. Look and see the experience of Ezekiah himself. Personal experience of Ezekiah. 24. In those days, Ezekiah became sick and near death. And he prayed to the Lord. Why did he pray to the Lord? Because he had done so before and God had what? Delivered him. He prayed to the Lord and he spoke to him. And God spoke to him and gave him a sign. He prayed to the Lord. He was sick unto death. You find the whole story again, in, not in this particular chapter. Because Isaiah came and delivered the message. He said, Ezekiah, put your house in order what, what, for what? You are about to die. And Ezekiah turned his face to the wall and cried out unto God. And he cried to God. And Isaiah was still in the world, in the yard. In the, in, in the garden, before even leaving the compound of Ezekiah. And God spoke to him, said, turn back and tell Ezekiah that he will live, he will not die. But look at 25. But Ezekiah did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up, and therefore what happened? Wrath was looming over him and over Judah and Jerusalem. Three things there. The Bible says Ezekiah did not what repay according to the favor of the Lord shown him. What does that mean? What does that mean? Ezekiah did not what? Ezekiah forgot to conveniently show gratitude. Ezekiah did not what? Give thanks to the Lord. Because by the time he became healed, you know, uh, well, uh, oh king, are you okay now? Yes. The Hezekiah family with God's strong constitution. Sometimes when some of the sickness come against us, the thing cannot stand here. Why do you give glory to other things rather than God? Why do you give glory and say, oh, look at what God has done. Some of us know how to pray very well. Why do you give glory to your prayers? Why do you give glory say, well, how did you, we, we work hard. We're able to work hard. I'm a self-made man. Exhibition of pride. Pride, <laughs> pride impersonated. We work hard. Are there people who work hard and they make it? Are there those who prayed and nothing happened? Are there those? I just told us about Christians. Did Christians die during this COVID-19? Did pastors die during this COVID-19? How can we not be standing and be saying, you know, we prayed. You know, we fasted. And God, some of so you just know how to fast. If God does not work, if the grace of God is not with you, if God, if the help of God is not available to you, all those prayers, all those fasting, Ezekiel did not repay according to the favor shown him, for his heart was lifted up. His heart was lifted up. L let's read it. Let's read it from the Good News Translation. If you have good news, you can read with me. Good news translation. About this time, King Ezekiel became sick and almost died. He prayed and the Lord gave him a sign that he would recover. But Ezekiel was too proud to show gratitude for what the Lord has done for him and Judah 
and Jerusalem suffered for it. Look at that. Judah and Jerusalem suffered for it. His heart was lifted up. And look at the consequences of that. Number one, the wrath of God came upon him. Number two, Judah and Jerusalem suffered for it. Let me read, verse, let me read also from the easy to read version. 24. It was in those days that Ezekiah became very sick and near death. He prayed to the Lord and he spoke to Ezekiah and gave him a sign. 25. But Ezekiah's heart was, was proud, so he did not give God thanks. For his kindness, this is why God was angry with Ezekiah and with the people of Judah and Jerusalem. He did not what? Give thanks. He did not show gratitude. He did not return to pay what? Tribute to the one who healed him. And the Bible says, the wrath of God came upon him. But thank God that Ezekiel was, was, thank God that Ezekiel was a smart person. Look at 26. Quickly, Ezekiel and the people living in Jerusalem changed what? So they didn't continue on that path. They changed their hearts, 26. Or New King James says, then Ezekiel humbled himself for the pride of his heart. He are the inhabitants of Jerusalem, so the wrath of the Lord did not come upon them in the days of Ezekiah. The moment he humbled himself, God stayed his wrath. Do you know that giving thanks to God is showing humility? It's actually humbling ourselves before him. Hello. <laughs> I want you to hear me very clearly. Giving thanks to God is actually what? Humbling ourselves before him. He's acknowledging the fact that God did this for me. He's been full of gratitude that look at what God has done for me. And he's actually what? Expressing it. The good news is Hezekiah and the people of, not just Hezekiah alone, the entire people of Jerusalem humbled themselves. And so the Lord did not punish the people until after Hezekiah's death. So which means he was speared in his own lifetime. Easy to read says, but Ezekiel and the people living in Jerusalem changed their hearts and lives and they became humble and stopped being proud. So the Lord's anger didn't come on them while Ezekiel was alive. So when we refuse to thank God, when we refuse to acknowledge him, when we refuse to show our gratitude to him, when we refuse to express him, what happens? The Bible says the wrath of God, the anger of God, will not just affect or will not just come upon us. The same thing can impact on our generation, can impact on the people around us, because this was going to come upon not just Ezekiah, but Jerusalem and what? <coughs> and Judah, thank you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jerusalem. But what happens when to those who have learned to praise God? What happens to those who have learned to give him thanks? What happens to those who have learned to say, no way. I will acknowledge God. I will show my gratitude. I will return to praise him. What happens to them? Psalm 67 from verse number 1. Psalm 67 from verse number 1. 
I will show you, give you two scriptures, because by the mouth of two, every word shall be established. Psalm 67 from verse number one. It reads, and I quote, God be merciful to us and bless us, and cause his face to shine upon us. <laughs> Amen. God be merciful. Can you see why one of the reasons why I enjoyed the worship this morning? There's nothing like when worship is keening into the heart of the one that God has given the word to. Because it shows that the hearts are together. It shows that God can walk through. It's so important. You know, because when worship has gone ahead, and I mean worship, not just singing. Because worship is not just singing. Worship is not just having a good song. Worship is giving adoration to God and the exalted Christ. Worship is a journey and the destination is God. Worship is what? Worship is a sacrifice. Worship is you giving your praise, your adoration, giving him glory for what God has done. And most importantly for who he is. Remember when they sang the song, God bless you and keep you. I'm waiting for you to continue to sing it. You also there doing the worship. You also sing it. God bless you and keep you and make his face to shine. Amen. May the Lord again I say this over you. May the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. In the name of Jesus. And he said, Seller. What does that mean? Pause and meditate. Pause and think about what God has done for you. Pause and remember what God has done. If you remember what God has done, then you'll be willing to say what? Thank you. Verse number two. That your ways may be known on the face of the earth. Your salvation among all nations. Let the people's word. O oh God. And let all the people's word. Oh, wait. Wait a minute. Is that what is in your Bible? Let the pastor praise you, O God. And let the pastor praise you, O God. Eh? Or let daddy pastor praise you, O God. To be more even specific. Let daddy pastor praise. Is that what is in your own Bible? Amen. Who should praise him? Pastor alone? Eh? Everybody. Everybody, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Verse number four. Oh, let what again? The nations be glad and sing for joy. For joy. One of the things that has made America what they are today is their practice. Even though they find them departing from the ways of the Lord, but that practice, that commitment to spend time, to dedicate a day, in the entire year as a nation to come before God in thanksgiving. Many nations don't do that. Many nations do not return to thank God for what the Lord has done. On the 3rd of October, 1789, the then President George Washington made a national proclamation as the President of the United States of America and declare this, that whereas it is the duty of all nations to acknowledge the providence of the almighty God. Can you see that? The nation 
the president declaring that it's the duty of nation to acknowledge the providence of the almighty God, to obey his will, to be grateful for his benefits, and humbly to implore his protection and favor. And whereas both the House of Congress have by their joint committee requested me to recommend to the people of the United States a day of public thanksgiving and prayer to be observed by acknowledging with grateful hearts the many signal favors of the Almighty God, especially uh, by affording them an opportunity peaceably to establish a form of government for their safety and happiness. You can find here the genesis of National Thanksgiving Day. Thank God for the Thanksgiving we have here in Australia. But because the nations have become more secular, we have moved away from that. You can't even mention God again because it will, what? It will offend, offend what? Offend some people. We can't even talk about Merry Christmas because some people will, may not be happy with it. So we say Happy Holidays, you know. Uh, but look at it. In, in the year 1789, 3rd of October, there was a national proclamation made by the president that this nation must continue. Up till today, they are thanking God. It, it, they, they might not be acknowledging God, but at least they are still there. Uh, it's still there. And of course, many are still doing, acknowledging God for what God has done. It must be part of your practice. There may be a day, as that is why also as the city of refuge, if not for the fact that we've been out of corporate worship, second Sunday of every year, we'll gather together to praise God, to thank Him. And I'm telling you, we will still do it anytime we return to corporate worship, to corporate prayer. That first Sunday will be completely dedicated to thanking God, to praising God, to worshiping Him for keeping everyone. So you note it. Be attentive. Be, 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 be attentive to listen when we will announce, when we will return. We're in talks with the council so that we can all agree at the time that we can return. But that day, you'll be ready to come. You'll be ready to come and dance and to sing and to thank God for how he has kept you, kept your children, kept your family, kept you, that you did not disappear or did not go with COVID-19. COVID-19 came and left you behind. COVID-19 did not take you away. It must be something that is so important important to us so let the nations be glad and sing for joy for you shall judge the people righteously and govern the nations on earth again what seller stop pause think about that nations thanking god nations thanking god think about that verse number five let the people praise you O god let all the peoples praise you then the earth will what? Yield an increase. God, our God, own God shall bless us. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. Look at that verse 5 and 6. Let the people's word praise you. Let all the people's word praise you. Then the earth shall yield an increase. Then, meaning consequent to God's people praising him, the earth will yield an increase. Are you getting it? That when God's people will praise God, as a result of their praises, God will cause the earth 
to yield an increase. Can I submit to you that the more you have that attitude, the more you have a lifestyle of thanksgiving, the more the earth will yield an increase to you. Do you want to increase your capacity to receive from God? Then develop an attitude of thanksgiving. That you're thanking God for what he's done. You remember the thanking? Not just when you come to church and say, let us thank God. Let us thank God for what God has done for us this week. No, no. You are not being made to thank God. It's not coming from your heart. You say, oh yes, oh yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Then you are forgotten again. You cannot afford to do that because the Bible says the earth will what? Will yield an increase when we as a church, not just when me, hello, when we as what? As a church. That means that when all of us are thanking God together, God will yield his increase more and more for us. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. So what happens to those who remember to thank God? The earth will yield an increase to them. Let, let's, let me take you further. Luke chapter 17 from verse number 11. Now it happened. This is the New, New Testament. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem. Who went to Jerusalem? Jesus. That he passed through the midst of what? Samaria and Galilee. Verse 12. And as he entered into a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers, which stood afar off. This is the reason why they were what? They were lepers because they stood afar off. And because they were lepers, they had to remain afar off. They stood afar off. Because at that time, and even up to now, in a lot of places, lepers cannot just gather with people because of what was considered as the infectious nature of the disease. It was much more so, especially in years gone by. I remember when we were growing up, we had a few lepers, what is called, what was called then lepers colony, where these people or set of people were put there. They were not allowed to come into the public because they believed that they would infect other people. So look at these 10 men. They were lepers. We stood afar off. Verse number 13. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. I found this again and again and again. Whenever people are asking for help, whenever people are asking for healing, they always start by asking God for mercy. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When, when he saw them, he said to them, Go show yourself unto the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Remember, they came to Jesus and said, what? Have mercy, what? On us. And what was the divine response? Go show yourself to the priest. Did Jesus heal them and said, go show yourself to the priest? Because according to the law of Moses, you are not allowed to come and show yourself to the priest unless you have been healed. So Jesus said to them, go show yourself to the priest. And meaning that, yes, you've asked me for healing. Now you are what? You have not seen it yet. You have not felt it yet. But take what? Then act of faith, a step of faith. And as you go show yourself to the priest, what happened? It came to pass that as they went, they were what? They were cleansed. They were not cleansed before they left. Suppose somebody said, say, go show yourself to the priest. Say, how am I going to show? I'm seeing what? I see have this leprosy. I can't go anywhere. Heal me first and I'll go. That one will remain there. 
It will not receive anything because God is a faith God. Our Father is always asking us to take a step of faith. Hello, as they went, not as they sat, not as they what stood, as they went, they were what cleansed, meaning on their way to the priest. What happened? Eh? Ah, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. As they went. As they went. Somebody said, when I see it, I'll believe it. It's already too late. If you are waiting to see before you believe, you are likely not going to see, and therefore you will never believe. God does not work like that. It is when you believe that you what? You see. Somebody say, I don't know why I've not been able to believe. No. Believing is a choice. Hello, believing is what? It's a choice. If I should come to you and say, look at this, this is what we believe God would want us to do, this is it. And if you truly believe, you will respond appropriately. But if you do not believe, say, okay, okay, let's think about it. Okay, 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 okay. No, believing is a choice. And when you believe, you what? You receive. When you believe, you receive. Faith is an act. There's nothing like faith is accompanied by action. And if you want to see more of God in demonstration in your life, you must be ready to take what? Steps of faith. When it's not looking like it. When all the situations are what? When you don't know what to do. When you don't know where the money will come from. When you don't know where the help will come from. I have news for you. I was thinking. I had a meeting, we're looking at some things concerning taking some steps regarding our building yesterday. And I was just thinking about it because of some of the, the some of what we've been told by being needed. Regarding that, I was just thinking about it, thinking about it. What is and then I had it clearly. Said so the password is praise. I left where I was. And I went and met my wife. I said, the password is praise. Password is praise. Password is praise. Amen. When you learn to praise God, heavens will all descend. And that's where all the help is. Password is praise. Don't ever say it cannot be done. You are not defeated by the circumstances, you are defeated by the state of your heart. The moment you say it cannot, all the forces of doubt and hell will rise up and will ensure, ensure that you are what? You remain bound, unable to. The moment you say, I can, heavens will rise up, angels will stand, and help will be sent to help you to get over it. Don't ever say, I cannot do it. The Bible says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The moment you are able to believe that this is what God is saying, then God is able to make it, God is able to help me, God is able to do it. Amen. You may not know how is it going to do it. That's the problem. Looking for how is it going to do it. You're trying to cal- you can't calculate God with your small brain. You can't calculate God with your small brain. He's far, far bigger than all our brains put together. I'll repeat, God is far, far bigger than all our brains put together. So when you're trying to calculate him, how is he going to do it? Let your focus be who and not the how. But he, God, is able to do it. 
Praise God. Somebody said, do you know how much that, that building is going to cost? It's going to cost about five million. So, oh, five million. How are we going to do it? Where are we going to get the money from? That's the problem. You're looking for, for how, 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 how are you going to do it? How big is five million, five million to God? When you say five million, God says, what are you saying? What are you saying? Five million. Oh, oh, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do now? Who am I going to call now? Am I going to, is that what God will be saying? Can five million then the account of heaven? Can four million then the account of heaven? Is, then why is it that it seems to be, a, you are, I don't know what we're going to do. It's called rise up. Let there be a change in your, in your in internal dynamics so that God can walk through it to make the funds available for us. Somebody said, Pastor, you go and do it and believe God and do it. Did you notice that we call it the city of refuge? It's not just my name. Hello? Praise God. Do you know that we all have a responsibility to play? We have a role to play. We have a responsibility towards it. That is why they didn't, when you said uh, a soccer team, you mentioned uh, Kenyan national soccer team. I don't know whether they played there, but <laughs> when you mention it, you don't find one person showing up and say, I've come. No. How many people show up there? The entire team, including what? The coaches and the, the, the doctors and everybody who show up, making up the team. Not just uh, the, the coach or not just one person say, yes, I've come. They will say, you have come? We say the team. Say, you say, I've come. You can't be the team. Where are the others? Others also need to show up too. As they go, they were what? They were cleansed. Now let's, 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 let's continue. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back. That's me. Can somebody say, that's me? When one of them, when he was, saw that he was healed, turned back. And with a loud voice, he, he, he didn't come and say, oh yes, uh, in my heart. He turned back with a loud voice and he glorified God. And listen to what Jesus said. And he fell, not just that, he fell down on his feet, at his feet, giving him what? Giving him that. Giving glory to God is giving God thanks. And he was a Samaritan, meaning once despised by the Jews. Did you remember that in their, in their moment of challenge, moment of weakness and sickness, there was, no, there was no separation between the Jews and the Samaritans? They all stayed together. They all banded together. Nobody remember you are from Samaria. You remember from, that's why I don't deal with people based on where you are from. I don't believe in it. Oh, it's from my village, it's from my tribe, it's from my nation. I don't believe in all of that. Are you a child of God? Do you carry the spirit of God? Then you are my brother, you are my sister. Then you are together. It doesn't matter where you come from. It doesn't matter whether you, you know there are people, they can be from your village and be, and be Satan. And fell down on his face. Do you know, you, some of us will be so shocked because when you get to heaven, you're thinking that, that when you get there, they first of all demand for your passport. So show us your passport. Do you have the visa? There's nothing like that in heaven. There's only one mark that will qualify you to be there. It's called the presence of the Holy Spirit, the seed of the Holy Spirit in your life. The seed of the Holy Spirit in your life. Amen. And now some of us will be so shocked 
Because you think you can just speak language to one another there and nobody will hear. The, the ability to understand each other was taken away at, at what? At Babel. But in heaven, you can speak that language and other people will be here. They, <laughs> it will be so clear because that understanding will be restored back. Restored back. So without, without, they will be speaking, and with that, it will be impossible for anybody to have bad belly against one another. Because everything is open. Amen. He fell down at his feet, giving him thanks, and he was a Samaritan. Verse number 70, and Jesus said, were there not ten cleansed? I love Jesus. I love Jesus. How many of us will say, were there not ten cleansed? How many of us will say, were there not ten cleans? You say, you know, I pray for ten people, only one got healed. But he was so sure. His confidence in the ability of his God to answer his prayers was so was 100%. That even though he didn't see the other night, he knew they must have been cleansed. Can we develop our confidence in our God to that extent? Can you stop being moved by what you see all the time? Can you imagine what you can to be moved by what you see all the time? Say, were well, there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? Where are they? Verse number 18. He now said, They are not found that return to give glory to God, save this stranger. He was not part of the covenant. He was not a Jew. That's why you should not look at anybody and despise them for where they are from, the color of their skin. Even though it was not, uh, it was alien to the common word of Israel. It was stranger to the covenant of promise. He see, had access to Jesus. Amen. So look at this person. Not even part of the covenant, but the one who has returned. Verse number 19. He now said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you what? Has made you whole. The others were cleansed. The others were made well. But this man was made whole. That is what thanksgiving we do. That's why we are returning as a church. And what is our goal? Our goal is the purchase of our building. We are returning as a church to give him thanks for whatever God has done for you. In appreciation of what God has done for you. To say, Lord, we have come to thank you. Why? It's not just to acknowledge what he has done, but to let you know that your thanksgiving will not just bring, oh yeah, thank God for what he has done, but thanksgiving will bring what? Will bring further restoration and salvation to your life. Say, for thy faith has made the old. What's the difference between this man and the others? They got their healing, but they still had their certificate going about looking for jobs. This man was made what? Completely whole. He had his healing, he had his job, he had, his, he had everything. And uh, I know you believe me, but can I show you in scriptures? Can I show you? Let me take you to the TPT translation. Let me take you there. Let's read it there. Let me, let's read it there. For TPT. One of them, a foreigner from Samaria, when he discovered that he was completely healed, turned back to find Jesus shouting out joyous praise and glorify God. How do you shout out joyous praise and glorify God? You're saying it in your heart? No? He shouted. Ooh, Jesus, thank you. Others must be looking. 
That is why when you are before God, there's nothing like being psychedelic. So let's praise God. You, know, you, must, you, you must handle yourself well. Before God, turn back. Shouting and just praise and glorify God. When he found Jesus, he fell down at his feet and thanked him over and over, saying to him, you are the Messiah. And this man was a Samaritan. So Jesus now said, where are the other nine? Weren't there ten who were healed? They all refused. Listen to Jesus. They all refused to return to give thanks and give glory to God. Except you, a foreigner from Samaria. Then Jesus said to the healed man lying on his feet, Arise, go. Your faith has brought salvation and healing to you. Your faith has brought what salvation and healing to you. What is salvation? The other night got healing. But he got what? Salvation and what? And healing. What exactly is the meaning of the word salvation? It means rescue. It means deliverance. It means safety. It means liberation. It means release. It means preservation. Salvation is an all-inclusive word that means to signify forgiveness, healing, prosperity, deliverance, safety, rescue, and total restoration. Others got their healing. But he got total restoration. I will continue on this next week Sunday. When I will take it to another dimension of thanksgiving. Why is it important that we must come and thank God? Especially because of the days ahead. I need to bring that to you. The entire world is used to thanking God. You know, after. But there is something called thanking God before. Amen. Amen. It's another dimension of giving thanks to God. And I believe that you've heard. I believe that you've heard the word of the Lord. And even as I close right now, today is communion Sunday. And I want you to rise up wherever you are as we rededicate ourselves, as we humble ourselves before him. The Bible says, Ezekiah did not what, show gratitude. He did not pay tribute because he was full of pride. But this morning, we have come in humility before God to say thank you. Why did God, why did Jesus say to this Samaritan that you have been made whole? Because God will always give grace to the humble. He will give more grace to the humble. With more grace, you can do more. You can accomplish more. Thanksgiving is tied directly to grace. God is an expression of our humility before God. I want you to rise up and thank him for this word. And you humble yourself before him. Humble yourself before him and say, Lord, I've come to express thanks, to express adoration. To express my gratitude and to rededicate myself to you. Go ahead and rededicate yourself to him. Today is the 6th of December. Can you imagine when the month of December, that the year is about to conclude? And look at how God has kept you and I throughout the year. Let's thank him.
Father, we just rededicate our hearts. We rededicate our lives to you. We've come to you with humility in our hearts to say thank you. Thank you for the things you've done. Thank you for answers to our prayers. Thank you for answering us when we call upon you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Father, we do not take, we do not take for granted all the things that you've been doing for us. We're not taking your graciousness. We're not taking it for granted. But Lord, we have returned. First and foremost, to rededicate our heart and our lives. And we'll eventually return with our substance to say thank you. God bless you. Once again, I love you. And we'll see you very soon. 